I want to begin by asking you a question. Have you ever walked into a situation or up to a situation and thought or maybe even said, hey, you know what? I know what the problem is here. I know what the problem is. And then maybe you said it or you thought about it. The reason we do that is that we like to be able to diagnose things. Or maybe you took it a little bit further and you've walked up to someone and you've thought, or perhaps was gutsy enough or unwise enough to say to them, hey, I know what your problem is. Do you know what your problem is? I know what your problem is. Why do we do that? Ultimately, we do that because, again, we like to be able to diagnose even people. We like to be able to size up and diagnose situations, things, people, and life, and figure out and know and be able to explain the problem when we see it, when we notice it. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to continue answering some very big questions. Like last week, we answered the question, how did we get here and why? In this Made for This series, we're going to answer these questions right here and tackle these. What's the real problem and what's the solution? I mean, what's the real problem and what's the solution? You look around at the world and there's lots of problems, lots of issues. I mean, you don't have to be very smart or you don't have to look very long to see that. If you look around at other people, you're going to see lots of problems in their lives and people have lots of issues. In fact, if you look in the mirror, what you're going to understand is that you have lots of problems and you deal with lots of of issues. And isn't it interesting that when we face crisis, it seems to highlight the problems even more than the crisis that we're facing itself. But what I want to do is suggest to you and help you see that there's a bigger problem behind all of our problems. There's actually a capital P problem, a big problem, underlying and overriding and overarching and behind every other problem in the world. There's a root problem, a foundational problem. There is a bigger problem in other people's lives than what just seems to be the problems on the surface. There's a bigger problem in your own life that you need to be aware of. That is the underlying problem of everything. So we're going to tackle that. What's the real problem? And thankfully, there is a perfectly accessible solution for the world a perfectly accessible and attainable solution for other people and even for you. And it's so clear, it is so clear. You just might miss it if you're not careful because that's what we often do. We often miss things that are right in front of our face. Now, I didn't say it was easy because it's not going to be easy, but in no way is it complicated. So what I want us to do is zoom out and look at the real problem bigger problem behind all the problems in the world, all the problems in other people's lives, and even all the problems in your own life. Now, some of you might be thinking already, oh, I know. I know what the problem is. Hey, well, you don't even have to tell me. I know that the problem of the world, problem with other people, and the problem in my own life is sin. That's the problem. That's the big problem is sin. That's <laughs> certainly a part of it, but it's bigger than that. Uh, now, when I was growing up in church circles, uh, that was kind of like the answer to everything. It was like, 
Uh, no matter what the problem was, the, it was either sin or sinners. Well, actually, I grew up in the foothills of the mountains, so it was sin. Sin. And it's spelled S-E-U-N. Sin. All right? Everything, the problem with everything is sin or sinners. Sin or sinners. Sin or sinners. Now, that's definitely a part of it. Um, but it's just so much broader and, and more complex than, than just sin itself. And I think we're going to be able to understand it in a way that's going to help us process even what to do with sin and how to understand sin. And so what I want to do is go ahead and tell you what I believe the problem is, and then I'm going to spend some time unpacking it as we look at it together. So here's the big problem, the big problem of the world, the big problem of other people, and even your big problem and my big problem. It's this right here. Independence from God. That's the big problem. Overarching everything, underlying everything, behind everything, the foundational problem and issue is independence from God. Now, yes, that involves sin, and sin's a part of that. But it's this whole idea that, I got this. We got this. I don't need God. Um, I don't want God. I don't need people. I don't want people. I, I can... I can do this on my own. Now, I, now understand, some of you are going to be like, I'm not like that. I'm not like that. Okay, wait. Maybe you're the personality type where that's not on the surface. But deep down, I'm telling you, every single one of us have this deep down desire to be independent and on our own and to do our own thing, even as it relates, and sometimes especially as it relates to God. The big problem is independence from God, and that affects everything else and everyone everywhere. Now, this is a pattern. If you look at the scripture and you look at the story that the Bible tells, I mean, Old Testament and New Testament, even from the very beginning, you see that this is the issue. It starts with Adam and Eve, and we'll get there in a minute, but that was their issue, right? They wanted to establish independence from God and do their own thing. Uh, then they had children, and one of their sons, Cain, he wanted to do his own thing, and he didn't want to listen to God, and yeah, 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 God, whatever, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then you've got the whole nation of Israel, I mean, the pattern is they're constantly bumping up against the authority of God. And whether they realize it or not, their issue was they wanted independence from God. It's one of those things like we want it when we know we want it, and we want it even when we're not aware that we want it. And I know that sounds very confusing, but it'll get clear here in a few minutes. Let, let me take you back to Adam and Eve. And let you see this pattern. And I think you'll find yourself in this pattern uh, more than you realize. You know the story. Even if you're not a church-going person, and hey, listen, if you're not a regular church attender, thanks for taking a chance and you know watching this online from wherever you are. But even if you're not a church-going person, you know the basic story of Adam and Eve. You know the basic story of what happened in the Garden of Eden. Almost everybody knows this, this thing where God put them in the Garden of Eden, and he says, here you go. You can have free reign of this place. It's all yours. You're in charge. Enjoy this. And and when you're hungry, you can eat from the fruit of all of the trees in the garden, except one tree in the very middle, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Don't eat from that fruit. It's not going to go well if you eat from that, that fruit of that tree. Well, you know how the story goes. The serpent, or the Satan in the form of the ser serpent, comes to Eve and is like, nah, I don't, 
I don't think God's shooting straight with you. It's okay, really. It's okay. You can eat it. It's okay. Look how good it looks. It's okay. And this is what the serpent told Eve. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God. <laughs> right? I don't know what kind of laugh he had. Um, but you just kind of think of sinister laugh right there, right? Do you see what he did? He appealed to her independence. He was appealing to her self-reliance and their self-reliance. So wait a second, God's holding out on you, Eve. Adam, God's holding out on you. He's not shooting straight with you. What God doesn't want you to know is that if you eat of this, you will be able to see what God sees. And you will be as strong and as powerful as God himself. And something inside of Eve and something inside of Adam rose up and they were like, yeah, that's what we want. How dare God hold out on us? You know what? We don't need God in this situation. We got this. And they ate and the rest is history. Yeah. Even then, in the very beginning, it was about independence from God. Now, fast forward thousands of years to the time of the prophet Isaiah writing to the people of God, the people of Israel, and he was actually writing a passage where he was foretelling the coming Messiah, giving a prophecy about the coming Messiah who one day would be Jesus, but they didn't know that yet. I want you to pay close attention to how Isaiah described the human condition. And not just the human condition back then, but this is the human condition of all humanity, even me and you today and us. Isaiah describes us all. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. And, and that's always bad. <laughs> we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us, check this out, has turned to our own way. That's how he described humanity. That's how he described people. Each of us, like sheep, have wandered off and we have decided to turn and go our own way. That's the human condition. That's our natural bent. Deep inside of you, deep inside of me, we have this tendency and this desire, and it shows up differently in different personalities and different kinds, you know, types of people, and I get all that. But deep down, inside of all of us, it's that natural bent to do our own thing our own way. Fast forward hundreds of years to the first century. And the brother of Jesus, James, who happened to also be the leader of the first church in the first century, wrote these words describing how temptation works and even gives us a hint to how sin works. And back to the sin word, he said, temptation comes from our own desires, my desires, your desires, our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions. So it's within me, it's within you, it's our own desires that get us into trouble. This whole thing of the devil made me do it, or it's their fault, it's her fault, it's his fault, it's somebody else's fault. No, 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 no. When it comes to sin, when it comes to all that stuff, it's our own desires that get us into trouble. Helps us understand the why. Even behind the whole topic of sin. See, there's that problem again. Independence from God. In the 4th and 5th century, Augustine... You remember studying him probably in school. Augustine said that we often think of evil as a thing. We often think of evil as a thing. But then he said, 
Since God is good, and He is, and since God is the creator of all things, and He is, then evil is not necessarily a thing, but Augustine said it's the absence of a thing. Specifically, evil is the absence of God. Since God is good and the creator of all things, then evil is really the absence of God. And evil is what's left when God is removed. Evil is what's left when God is pulled away. Evil is what's left when God is pushed out of whatever it is He's pushed out of. So back to independence. Back to the problem. Right? When we push God out, when we push God's ways aside, when we, and I have a tendency to do this, you have a tendency to do this, we all do, be honest. Who pretend like we're fooling anybody here? This is the human condition. Our problem is independence from God, and it's in all of us. This, I got this, I'll do what I want, I'll do it my way. You know, I'll do what I want to do the way I want to do it because it's the way I want to do it. That whole mindset, it begins early in life. And you can see it. Oh, man, can you see it. In a two-year-old and a three-year-old. And nobody sits a three-year-old down and teaches them how to tell the most loving people in their life, no, I'm not going to do it. What teaches a two-year-old, a three-year-old how to do that? They just And sometimes even beyond before they're two, they just pick up on it on, on their on themselves, you know, by themselves, on their own. It's in them. No. And then they get a little bit older and they go off to school, in elementary school, to that grade school teacher. I don't want to do what she says. I want to talk. I don't want to be quiet. I want to go to recess right now. So I'm just going to walk out the door. I'm going to do what I want to do and get a little bit older. As a teenager, you begin to bump up against authority, independence against authority, from authority, and the rules. We don't want to be told how fast to drive. We don't want to be told when we have to come in on a Friday night or a Saturday night or any night. Yeah, because inside of us is this independence pull. You get married. No, no husband's going to tell me what to do. No wife is going to tell me what to do. You get a job. No boss man. I'm not going to listen to my boss man. Yeah, I'm going to find a way to do what I want to do and still keep my job. When it comes to money, nobody's going to tell me how to spend money. No one's going to tell me what I have to do with my money, not even God. It's my money. Yeah, see, that independent street. That's why in terms of law and government, this resurgence of my rights just keeps coming back time and time again. What's behind that? I mean, what's really the base layer of everyone raising the flag of my rights and my rights and my rights? I'll tell you what it is. It's independence. And it's not independence of a nation. It's not independence of America. It's you and me wanting to proclaim our personal independence from anything that we don't want to be dependent on. See, that's our problem. And when you take that and you put that in the direction of God, no wonder we're in the mess we're in. Yep, that's the problem. It's in you. It's in me. It's in all of us. If you ever looked at the world and you wondered, what the problem here? What in the world? This is the problem. But thankfully, there's a solution. If the problem is independence from God, then the solution is the opposite. And let's say it like this. It's to be and live in 
dependence of God. If the problem is independence pushing God away, independence from God, I'll do this on my own. Then the solution is complete dependence, independence of God. And it's in dependence of God. It's where we find salvation. It's where we discover new life. Hey, listen, that's why Jesus came in the first place. Jesus came to earth to show us that reliance on God, more specifically, reliance on Him because He was God in the flesh. Reliance on God is the way. And in fact, He said that. He said, I am the way. So attach yourself to me. And he died sacrificially, gave his life on a cross for the sin of the world, and rose again, and by doing so, created a link and a bridge to God so that everybody, me and you, every person who has ever lived in the past, in the present, or in the future, has the opportunity to personally depend on him, to establish a personal dependence on God, to be independence of God is possible for anyone, at any time, any place. And so one day Jesus was teaching and he described it to his closest followers. In the final days that he was on earth, he described the need for their dependence on him and in him this way. Very unique, beautiful passage. John was there and he records it. Abide in me. Now the word abide there means remain. Remain. Abide or remain in me, Jesus said, as I abide in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. You see the picture, the imagery he's giving of the vine and the branch? They would understand this, especially in the Middle East world and the region of the world that they were living in. They understood this whole thing of vine and branch and grapes and fruit. And then he just clearly says it like this. He says, I am the vine. And you are the branches. Those who, here it is again, abide in me, remain in me, stay connected to me, depend on me. And I in them bear much fruit. Look at this. Because apart from me, there we have that independence thing. Like, I don't need, I'm good, I got it, I'll figure it out. No, no, no. You start pushing God away, the absence of God, apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. You can do nothing. Now, here, here's the deal. In our independence, that rubs us the wrong way. In our independence streak, we're like, what do you mean without you? I can do nothing. No wonder we're in a mess. See, just the attitude alone brings problems. But when we realize that the solution and the point of all of this is for us to be and live in dependence on God, to rely, to depend, to trust to need and embrace our need in Him for all things and in everything, when we embrace that and we embody that, then when we hear Jesus say the words, without me, you can do nothing, we agree. And we go, you know what, Jesus, you're right. In fact, I think all of us 
would benefit from a regular reminder that without Him, we can do nothing. Not really. Not anything that truly matters. So the problem, independence from God. The solution, to live independence of God. Now, now here's the deal. We forget this. I forget it. You forget it. We begin to forget this whole thing of living in daily dependence of God just as soon and just about the time as life gets easy again. Just about the time that life gets back to normal and things become predictable and things are going well and all the bills are paid and everybody's well and nobody's really sick and there's no major problems and the car's working and the AC is working and there's nothing major broken in the house and everybody's in harmony and there's no big fusses and no big fights and the job is good and the family's good and the husband and the wife and the kids are good and the dog is good. Cats are never good, but the dog is good. Give a moment there for you to laugh. That was funny. Just about the time that life is going really, really well, we forget to be independence of God, independence of God for everything, and then we start drifting back to independence from God. See, that, that was the pattern of Israel. If you read the Old Testament pattern of God's chosen people, the nation of Israel, I mean, in their crisis and God would, they would cry out to God, Oh, God, we need you. God, we can't make it without you. And God would swoop in and, and save them and rescue them. And there for a little while, you know, they would be very much aware of how much they needed God. And then things got a little bit easy, you know. Then things kind of got back to normal and life became predictable and all was well. And then little by little they began. This pattern happened over and over and over again for hundreds of years. It just repeated itself, right? It's human nature. It's in all of us. Things started going well, and they started kind of relaxing a little bit and said, we got this. Look at this. Things are going well. We got this. We got this. Maybe we'll try to worship one of their gods or one of their gods, or maybe we don't need God like we thought we did. Because look at us. We're pretty strong. Look at us. We got it figured out. Look at us. We're doing okay. Yeah, they forgot and went right back into independence from God, just like you and me, until crisis hit again. And when crisis hit again, there was a reminder. Somebody attacked them. There was a famine. There was a disease. Sound familiar? And then there was a reminder. The light came back on. Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, we need you. Oh, God, come back. Oh, God, we're sorry. And the crisis often reminded them. When problems began to strike, reminded them, no, they can't live independently from God. They must live in dependence of God. That's the solution. What I'm getting ready to describe, some of you may have had a similar experience over the last few weeks with this COVID-19 thing. Um, we're all very well aware of how quickly paper products, especially toilet paper, just disappeared. Just like poof. I mean, just like somebody flushed the whole bit of it all at once. It was gone, right? became a hot commodity. But you remember a couple of weeks after that, and it was a few weeks ago now, when you begin to hear rumors of, hey, you better get to the grocery store because we're going to have a shortage of meat, and we're going to have a shortage of this, and a shortage of that. And um, I, One morning uh, on my day off, I got up early, um, and I usually get up early, but I went to the store early. 
And I remember driving to the grocery store, and, and it's really close to my house. It's only several minutes. And on my way to the grocery store, I felt a literal anxiety build in my chest and in my throat. And I began to think, what if what I need is not there? What if, and I'm envisioning, you know, there's like one thing of meat left, and I got my eye on it, and he's got his eye on it, and there's a brawl for it or whatever, you know, I don't know. But I begin to envision, you know, what if I walk in there and the things I need are not there? And for the first time in my life, it's never happened to me again. It's, it's probably something I should do on a regular basis. But for the first time in my life, I found myself praying on the way to the grocery store that the things that I was going to get would be there. Now, some of them were and some of them weren't. But isn't that interesting? I mean, what was happening in that crisis, my dependence, the sense of my dependence on God, even for a pound of hamburger meat, was growing. It was a great reminder. Now, I'm not saying God caused that, but I can promise you God used it. As a lesson for me, and maybe you have felt that similar thing. Listen, in a crisis, we're all more aware of our dependence and living in dependence of God. Yeah, and that's where many of you might find yourself right now. That's the solution. That's where we got to be. That's where we got to stay. But I'm aware also that that's where many people stay all the time. Do you know there's probably... Most of the people in third world countries that are praying on their way to the market every time they go, that what they need is going to be there or the next meal is going to be there. So there are many people that live in great dependence of God. And in that moment, in that experience, and maybe you've had it too, it was just a reminder to me of where I need to stay and where I need to be. It reminds me of the Lord's Prayer, which... We'll kind of get to this towards the end of the series, but the Lord's Prayer, which has that part to give us this day our daily bread, daily dependence. Yeah. All right, so let's put it together. That's the problem. Independence from God. That's the solution, to live in dependence of God. And if you will understand this and keep this in the back of your mind, it'll help you understand what you see happening in the world. It'll help you understand what you see happening in other people's lives. And it'll help you understand what's going on when you look in the mirror in your own life. Because we all struggle with this problem, the same problem. The struggle to be independent from God. I got this. I figure it out. Look at the world around you. That's what you're seeing. Even through the battle of this virus, right? Very few people are calling out to God for His help. Oh, we'll figure it out. Oh, we'll come up with this vaccine. Oh, we'll do this, or we'll distance here, or we'll shut this down. And All of those are good tries, and all of those things in some way are necessary, and there's a time for all of it. But do you see, we're doing everything we can ourselves. I wonder if this is just another facet that shows our self-dependence, our independence, of God. I mean, you see it in our country. You see it in our government. You see it in our education system, right? How can we properly educate students, but we don't really need God to do it? Uh, you see it often in science. kind of goes back to what I said last week. Some people think science and God are at odds. No, science and God are not at odds. 
Um, no, science helps us discover how God did so many of the things that he did. You see it in culture. When you watch culture, you will see a constant pushing of God away. Not because everybody hates God. No, 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 no. It's just, it happens without us even realizing because inside of us is this cry for independence. You see it really clearly when it comes to money. Right? No one's going to tell us what to do with the economy. We'll figure it out ourselves. You see it when people strive for purpose and meaning because they look for purpose and meaning in almost anything, in anyone, and anywhere else but turning to God. And they typically only turn to God as a last resort. Well, I've tried everything else. Maybe I'll go to church. Well, I've tried everything else. Maybe I'll pray. Well, I've tried everything else. Maybe I'll ask the man upstairs. And if you look in your own life and you feel those feelings of, hey, I'll figure something out. I always do. I'll figure something out. I got this. You see, that's that independent streak that pushes even God away. And I'm telling you, that's where sin begins to emerge. When we begin to isolate ourselves from God, it always goes negative. That's our problem. And our solution, just as widespread as the problem, is the availability of the solution for every single one of us. To choose to live in constant dependence. To live and be independence of God. That's what we were made for. We were made for this. We were not made for this. We have to deal with this. But you and I were made and created to be connected to our Creator. We were made to be dependent on God. And there are some things in life that remind us. We've talked about crisis and problems that reminds us. You know, prayer is a great reminder, a daily reminder where we can daily declare our dependence and our trust and our need for God in everything and everything. Hopefully this church involvement here at the summit is a constant reminder to you and to all of us of our dependence on God. We have the community of brothers and sisters. We have each other in our relationships, which hopefully encourage us and spur us on to be dependent in all things and at all times on God. Now, now here's the deal. Who knows? Who knows if the world at large will ever come to the place to express dependence on God willfully. And, and who knows if our country will ever get to a place, and some people would say get back to a place, but of outward admitted dependence on God. I mean, it may take a greater tragedy than anything we've seen yet to get us to that point. Who knows? Who knows if our world will? Who knows if our country will? And who knows if the people around you will ever express their dependence on God? But here's the deal. It starts with you. It starts with you. So I want to leave you with this challenge. Examine your life for signs of independence or signs of dependence on God. I mean, look at every area of your life and think, how dependent on God am I really? And I know what I say and I know what I want people to think and I know when I walk into church or like you remember walking into church, all those in the good old days, you know, when you do that, right? I know what I want people to think of me on social media. I know what I want. I know what I want myself to think about me. But how dependent, really, truly, honestly, am I on God? 
Look for signs of that as you face problems and crisis. Look for signs of that when you deal with money. How you handle your money, which really isn't yours, will give you a huge clue into how dependent on God you really are. Regardless of what you say with your mouth, your actions, how you handle money. Are you truly dependent on God? You'll see how you handle it, how you give it, how you spend it, how you save it. When you look at your job, how you interact with your job and how you do your work will indicate just how dependent on God you are, how you deal with your fears, how you face challenges, how you do relationships. If you'll look for the signs and look at the patterns in your life, it'll help you understand whether or not you are dependent on God or you're constantly pushing for independence from God. My challenge to you is to pay attention to that because that's the problem. That's the problem behind the problems. That's the problem underlying, overarching all the other problems and issues is that we just want to do and be our own thing, independently of God, deep down. But deep down, there's a solution that goes all the way to the core of who you are and who I am. And through Jesus, we can discover our daily, utter, complete dependence on God in everything. Declare it. Repeat it. Embrace it. And live in dependence of God. Listen, Christians, Christ followers, followers of Jesus, remember this. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe this is the perfect time for you. Maybe for the first time to express your dependence on Jesus as your Savior, as your forgiver, and then follow Him in daily dependence. It all starts when you come to the point and you realize you cannot be independent of the God who put you here on purpose for a purpose so that you would be connected with Him in all things and in everything. Let's take a moment and declare our dependence on God together. Dear Father, we thank You we thank you for helping us see, as even as sobering and challenging as it is, what the real problem is. It's bigger than sin. It's what sin grows out of, and it's our independence. It's our desire to do our own thing our own way. And Father, save us from that. Save us from ourselves. Save us from our own patterns of independence. And may we fully embrace you, knowing what Jesus said is true. Without you, we can do nothing. But going back to last week, it is in you that we live and move and have our being. You are the center of this. And you put us here on purpose, for a purpose. May we live and be in Daily and complete dependence on you. And that is not a sign of weakness. It's truly a sign of strength. Because you are strong for us and on our behalf. And may we not wait for crisis. May we not wait for problems to declare our dependence on you. May we do so now in everything, in our relationships, with our job, with money, with fear, with anxiety, with everything, our plans and schedules. May they speak of our great dependence 
on you. In Jesus' name, amen.